Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about biblical counseling and the Puritans. Well, I'm very thankful to have in the studio with me today Stephen Yule. Stephen is the teaching pastor and elder at Grace Community Church in Glenrose, Texas, right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He is also adjunct professor of biblical spirituality in the Ph.D. program at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and the author of several books, including several Puritan titles. He is also a contributor to the CBCD training events and our resource website. So, Stephen, welcome to the podcast today. Yeah, it's good to be here with you. Well, when I think about the English Puritans and the Scottish Puritans and biblical counseling, your name often comes to mind because you've uh, contributed as as an editor to several uh, Puritan works that have come back into print today and are more accessible now to a modern audience. And uh, I realize that a lot of folks have never heard about the Puritans, or if they have, they've probably heard a caricature or maybe even something negative. So I'm thankful to have you here today to sort of introduce us to the Puritans and why we ought to think about them, especially as we think about discipleship and counseling in the local church. So maybe you can just help us to understand who were the Puritans and why should we get to know them? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's uh, it's, a, it's a somewhat difficult question to answer. Um, I think I think it's really difficult to answer because the Puritans um, were unlike how most people imagine them to be today. Uh, when most people hear the word Puritan, they immediately get a picture in their mind of some dark, dour, depressed, unhappy uh, individual. It wasn't a lot of fun to be around. Um, yeah, in, actu- in actual fact, um, I, I say this graciously. When most people speak of the Puritans today, they actually don't know what they're talking about. Um, how they're represented and how they're kind of portrayed, in actual fact, is is antithetical, contrary to the historical record. Uh, when we speak of the Puritans, we're referring to a to a movement that really began in the mid 16, 16th century, so 1550s, let's say, and that continues until the 1660s. So it encompasses maybe a a hundred years. It's a movement that takes place within the Church of England, and it is basically a a movement, men and women, who were concerned about bringing about greater reform within the Church of England. I mean, the Church of England had come through the Reformation, and there had been a a renewal, obviously, in terms of theology, Um, but there was also something somewhat of what we might call spiritual deadness, that prevailed within the church. And so the Puritans were very concerned about spiritual vitality, concerned about spiritual experience, chiefly concerned about the pursuit of godliness. What does it mean to live as a Christian? What does it? What does that look like? Uh, we believe we're saved by grace. Okay. Um, how does that play out in my experience, in my life? And, uh, and so that was what their, their, their chief concern. It, it was a spiritual movement, a movement in piety, um, mainly concerned about how, what does it mean to glorify God in, in all of life? We, you know, we hear the, there was a, there was a saying that was famous a few years ago, uh, Puritanism is the haunting fear that someone somewhere might be happy. 
it's just not true. It's just not true at all. All these caricatures and how we use the word today has been divorced from its historical context. And um, I, I think they're an extremely profitable group to get in touch with and to read. Um, I, I, I look at it in my own life, my own experience as one of the greatest gifts from the Lord when I was a seminary student when I stumbled upon the Puritans. Uh, it was a turning point in my life. Uh, I go back to them continually, their works, for a number of reasons. I'll, I'll just rhyme off a few. Um, they, they represent a movement in which men and women really feared God. Uh, they had a high view of God, uh, of who he is and what it means to, to worship him. They were very gospel-centered, very um, concerned about proclaiming the gospel and then what the gospel looks like uh, in life. And they were a Bible-saturated movement. Um, they, they were immersed in the scriptures. They really believed in the authority and the sufficiency of scriptures. And so I, I go back to them time and time again and certainly appreciate these sorts of motifs. And I've, they're, they're just such a deep well from which to drink. And I've derived so much spiritual profit from them. So in a modern audience, we're thinking about biblical counseling and discipleship. What can we learn from the Puritans about biblical counseling and discipleship? There are a number of things. Um, I, I just mentioned one, the, the emphasis they place on the authority and sufficiency of Scripture. That's not lip service. They really did believe it. The functional sufficiency and authority of Scripture, where they believe the Bible was sufficient for everything. Um, this was a fundamental axiom in their thinking that uh, the Bible is the word of God. If you want to hear God's voice, open the Bible, and you will hear God's voice. And it is sufficient, sufficient for every conceivable human need when it is rightly understood and it is rightly applied. They believe that and they exemplify that. And their works are so exhaustive when it comes to taking God's word, unpacking it, and applying it pastorally uh, to where people live, to where people are at. I think another important reason, um, you know, contribution they, they make to the entire realm of biblical counseling is their emphasis on, on sin. Uh, we live in a day and age in which we have succumbed, many have succumbed even within Christian circles to the uh, sort of the nature argument. You are a, um, a product of your gen genetic makeup. And um, anything that ails you can be explained biologically. Many, equally true in our day and age, many have succumbed to the nurture argument. You're a product of your social environment. And so if you want to alter people's behavior, well, then alter their genetic makeup or alter, change, transform their, their societal context, and that will help you deal with human problems. I'm not denying that the nature and the nurture arguments are, aren't factors. They are. They are contributing factors, but they're not the fundamental issue. Uh, the fundamental issue is our own sin and uh, the way we're wired as fallen creatures and uh, the accompanying emotions and thoughts and actions and everything that goes along with that. The Puritans had a firm grasp on that. And so when they counseled or discipled, whatever words you want to use, they were aiming at the heart always. They didn't deny nature, nurture. They identified other factors Physical, temperamental, demonic. Sure, they, they were, they acknowledge that there are lots of factors at play, but uh, it is the, the heart that is the fundamental issue. 
Um, the, what you know, Paul identifies in 2 Corinthians 5.15, isn't it? That uh, we live for ourselves. He sells, says elsewhere that we're lovers of self. Um, and this affects the way we think. This affects the way we feel. This impacts the way we act. The Puritans got it, really understood that. And so, yes, they speak to other factors, other issues. They don't deny it, but they really go go after the heart. So they're, they're, they, they do acknowledge multiple factors, multiple remedies, but always they're working towards the transformation of the of the heart. So those are a couple of, I think, real key factors that they bring to the table when it comes to biblical counseling. I know one of the areas you've written on and, and spoken on is, is their view of sanctification and mm-hmm. how the gospel ought to transform every area of life. Uh, maybe yeah. you could speak to that uh, part as well. Yeah, I'm glad you raised that one because I think when I look back on all my reading of the Puritans over the years, I think this is the area in which I've gleaned the most from them, is is this entire, their understanding of the gospel. You know, so often for us, we, we sort of relegate the gospel to, okay, the Lord Jesus died as our substitute upon Calvary's cross. I believe in him, I'm saved, and I'm waiting for heaven. That's the gospel. Yes, amen, uh, that's true. It's not the full gospel, though. Yes, the Lord Jesus lived for us and died for us and rose for us. Yes, we believe in him. Through faith, we become one with him. And because we become one with him, all of the gifts and privileges and blessings, excuse me, that he has purchased for us become, become ours. We become righteous in God's sight because we're one with the righteous one. We become children of God because we're one with the Son of God. Uh, we become holy in God's sight set apart because we're one with the Holy One. And we also begin to grow in sanctification because we're one with the Lord Jesus, therefore we're one with him in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And now by the power of the Holy Spirit, we live that out. That's part of the gospel. Now being one with him and now being in Christ and being united to him in his death, burial and resurrection, in effect, dying with him and rising with him, we are now called by the gospel to live that out in our daily experience. That affects our marriages, that affects child raising, that impacts the way in which we do our job, we view our vocations, whatever they might be. It impacts how we deal with sin, how we approach recreation. Every facet of life now is to be lived for the glory of God because we are seeking to live out this reality, this identity of who we are in Christ Jesus. That's very helpful. Um, I'd love for our listeners to be introduced to the Puritans, maybe by you recommending some works and some particular names. And obviously there are dozens out there. Talk to us about a, a couple of resources that might be good introductions to the Puritans that would be particularly accessible. Yeah, key on the introdu- you know introduction. Um, so I'm speaking to that individual who, uh, yeah, you've never never read anything by the Puritans and don't really know where to begin. I think a very helpful starting point um, is what is a series called Puritan Treasures for Today. 
Puritan treasures for today. They're available. Uh, I'm sure you can get them on Amazon. I'm not plugging anything here, but you can go straight to the publisher's website. It's Reformation Heritage Books. And um, you look up Puritan treasures for today, and I think there are probably 10, 11, maybe even 12 titles of Puritan works from the 1600s that have been modernized, edited, simplified somewhat for for us, for modern readers. In that series, you'll find a little book, Triumphing Over Sinful Fear, by, by John Flavel, that is just a gem, and it speaks to the entire issue of fear and worry and how to bring God's word to bear in dealing with those with those sins. You'll find a helpful little book there on contentment by a man named Jeremiah Burroughs, who doesn't struggle with a lack of contentment. Um, if there's anything that plagues God's people today, it seems to be that, a measure of dissatisfaction with our daily lot and daily circumstances. Well, there's a very helpful resource in order to shape our thinking, bring it in line with Scripture, and again, helping us to live out our identity in Christ in our daily lot, whatever it might be, it's a, that's a valuable resource. There's one in there by Richard Rogers on the entire question of pursuing the holy life, sanctification. How do I deal with sin? How do I deal with uh, my thought patterns? Or how do I deal with anger, how, lust, greed, um, these sins that we we, we struggle with daily? And it's uh, it's a great help. Um, the Puritans, I think, going back to that entire question of why they're so valuable when it comes to biblical counseling, they're realists. Um, you know, they they had a very biblical and robust doctrine of sanctification. They didn't believe there was some sort of higher life out there, some second experience waiting Christians that would solve all their problems. There's no silver bullet. Um, we are redeemed by Christ. We've been born again by the Spirit of God. We're now on this path of sanctification that continues until glory. That means we struggle with sin all of our lives. They were realists. They were realists when it comes to the power of indwelling sin, even in the life of a believer. And we're called to uh, to fight and to struggle and to engage in war with sin. And so Richard Rogers has a really helpful resource in there. George Swinnick has one. Uh, it's, a, it's a lengthy title, The Fading of the Flesh and the Flourishing of Faith. It's all about death. You know, that's not something we want to talk about. I think we need to talk about it more and and how to die well. Because when we know how to die well, we will live well in terms of how we esteem things, how we value things, what we live for, how we evaluate things in the light of eternity. So there's just four examples, and there are other gems in there. You can't go wrong. Oh, the other one by George Swinnick is The Blessed and Boundless God, which is actually just a, a book about God. What a novel idea. Just a book about God <laughs> and uh, just celebrates. It's really an act of worship. It's, mm-hmm. it's a delight to read because it's not a stale, systematic theology book. Mm-hmm. It's an act of worship, just doxology, celebrating who God is. And, uh, you know, the greater our view of God, the higher our esteem for God and the deeper our love for God, wonderful remedy for so many things that plague us. So there, there's a great starting point. Again, it's Puritan Treasures for Today. Published by Reformation Heritage Books. So good. That's a great, a great series of books. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Are there any authors that aren't covered in that series that you would say might be helpful for our listeners, maybe in a more advanced or intermediate uh, realm also? Yes. It, you know, if you're moving on then and you're, you're comfortable with, um, you know, the way the Puritans write and, you, and you're looking for a little more, then certainly you, uh, you can start to pick up works by the likes of a John Owen on the mortification of sin. Um, William Perkins on the entire question of the conscience and how we obtain and keep a good conscience as Christians. Those are a couple of authors. Thomas Manton is another one. Thomas Watson, another great read. So these are, they're all valuable, valuable resources. We might think too just of, um, Riken's work, uh, Worldly Saints, which gives a good historical background of the Puritans to give some context. Uh, Packer has a great uh, uh, a quest for God. Quest for Godliness. Yeah. Yes, yes. So there's some really good uh, Puritan spiritual or Puritan theology mm-hmm. uh, is another recent work that's very helpful. And they, there's a there's a book that just came out. It is actually a fesh shrift for uh, for Dr. Joel Beakey, mm-hmm. who's up at the Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids. A festschrift in, in his honor is just called Puritan Piety. It's just a, a collection of different essays. Not all of them would necessarily speak to the audience, you know, wherever you're at, but there are certainly some great resources in there for getting into their thinking and exposing you to uh, different areas that they touch, different resources. Yeah. 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 Well, so helpful. Uh, thank you so much for helping us to uh, meet these uh Older brothers and sisters in the faith from ages past that uh, have really served uh, the church uh, through their writings, mm-hmm. and uh, appreciate your time and expertise on that. And thanks for being here today on the podcast. Again, my pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to Council the Word. For more information about Pastor Stephen Yule or the Ministry of Grace Community Church, you can visit their website at gccministries.org. And for more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit our website at thecbcd.org.